Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Last week on the Above180.com podcast, we talked about your arsenal and getting your arsenal all set for that league bowler. Maybe you're just getting rolling with the sport. Maybe you've been in the sport and only have a couple different bowling balls for the state tournaments you bowl. Maybe you bowl not a lot of regionals. Maybe you've never bowled a regional but are interested in bowling a regional. This week, Joey, we're going to talk about an arsenal. If you want to get a little more competitive and maybe maybe bowl more regionals or maybe do a high roller event or maybe do the hoinky or maybe do nationals or maybe do uh, do any sort of competitive tournament as a side just from your state and other tournaments that you may find out there in the area. Joey, welcome to the show today. Oh, thank you, Tim. Glad to be here. And uh, I think this will be a very informative show for those trying to either weed out some old balls and build a nice arsenal so no matter what condition they encounter, they'll have a fighting chance ball reaction-wise to score on. Well, you bring up an interesting point because I think a lot of bowlers, and I'm going to lump myself in this category, we have older pieces that we say, well, my bowling ball arsenal is, is eight or nine bowling balls because I just have a couple that I can't throw away and they're not really worth a nickel. So I just take them and have them at home and they're collecting dust, so to speak. But really, you can't count those as part of your arsenal. Well, if you're unwilling to use them, you cannot count them. Uh, I mean, old does not mean bad by any means. Uh, basically, older technology products can match up very, very nicely on lighter patterns of oil providing the ball still has some hitting power left in it. And uh, the time that goes away is when, you know, providing you get the oil out of the cover. Uh, balls have what's called a coefficient of restitution, fancy word for bounce. And if that shell is deadened to a certain extent, the balls are going to hit flat no matter how well we throw them. When that happens, that is the time to give the ball away, throw it away, or try and get a few bucks on it on eBay and uh, and move on to a, a newer and better product. Great. So last week, like I mentioned, we were talking about your bowling ball arsenal. This week, let's dive into if, if you are bowling some more tournaments, maybe you're doing the Hoinky, the Peterson, that sort of thing. Joey, I guess the, the big question I would have is, I know there's not a correct number, but how many pieces realistically would you think someone would need if they want to go and do some regionals or even go to the Hoinky or Peterson? All right, well, you know, Peterson, you don't need any ball other than hard rubber or plastic or urethane uh, because there uh, the straighter is greater and, and the lane condition is so, let's say, diverse and pothole filled. You know, curving the ball makes no sense, going straight does. Uh, all the other tournaments, variety is the key, Tim, and, and a variety that suits your game. Um, if we just take an, uh, an average individual, say with average speed and rev rate, where his speed and rev rate are matched, uh, other elements come into play for a, a quality ball driller to build an arsenal for that individual. We need to know what's called your axis tilt, which is basically a measurement of your track diameter. Uh, someone who spins the ball a little bit will have a, a shorter or, or smaller diameter than will someone who rolls the ball more end over end. Uh, axis rotation is another measurement we need to know which is a measurement of where your PAP faces at point of release. 
an example of this, say Pete Weber has an 80 or 90 degree axis rotation, his piece of tape on his axis point will face him directly at point of release, whereas Walter Ray Williams, who has, say, a 20 or 30 degree axis rotation, his piece of tape will face the left, uh, toward the left. So it, it's a more end-over-end roll instead of sideways ball motion. Uh, the third element basically is uh, a combination of these elements with your, your positive axis point that coordinates what's called your sweet spot. Now, we can use your game, Tim, as an example. Okay? Let's say your speed and revs are matched. Your tilt is, say, 15 degrees, which falls in the middle category. Your axis rotation is, say, 50 degrees, which falls in the middle. And uh, you bowl on conditions ranging anywhere from light oil to moderately heavy. You're going to set up what are called dual angle ratios to create proper ball motion, or let's say you're going to vary the shape of the hook. So you're going to want some balls for heavier oil, some balls for medium conditions, and some balls for drier patterns. Now, dividing those categories a little bit further is let's have a couple different shapes in each category. So for heavy oil, you may want one that actually has some length and a stronger back-end entry angle for when you're playing on a shark-type pattern where you're 45 feet of oil, you know you're going to be playing say left of board 13 and you, you need something that won't respond too early to the lane but will respond aggressively down lane and to complement that you could have an earlier rolling oil ball that will say match up best when you're playing 13th board to the gutter so it starts up more in the mid lane and has a softer smoother motion when the ball hits friction are you following me here tim i am so really what you're saying is I want to worry more about the the way the ball rolls and hooks as opposed to saying I need five bowling balls with me or I need three bowling balls. I don't want I want to keep everything variety and, and keep a good variety in my bag. In, in other words, yeah, you're exactly correct. You're, you're going to vary two elements, and one is you know stronger hook and lesser hook, and then you're going to vary the shape of the hook, uh, be it a ball that will respond quickly to friction and aggressively and a ball that will respond slower to friction and more smoothly. And, you know, everyone thinks the more aggressive is always the better, and we know it's not because there are times pins below your fingers match up infinitely better on some patterns than do pins above. I mean, we, we've all encountered conditions where we're not scoring with a pin above the fingers and somebody just shoots 700 with a pin below the fingers. Actually, as you bring that up, a guy in our league bowling on the boardwalk pattern did the did that exactly. He shot a, a nice set. It was a little over 700 with a high road drilled right below the, the finger, and we're bowling again on the boardwalk pattern. And I struggled, had not the greatest look. If I did get to the hole, was leaving flat tens uh, or, or four pins or just a, not the right entry angle to the pocket. And I had the pin was above the, the ring finger, like you said, and it's such a helpless feeling to have that sort of situation when you get to the pocket and you, you've gone through your arsenal and you still can't get to the pocket because your stuff that you have that's a little bit lower rolls too early for you. So I agree completely with what you're saying. And that's where really building a good arsenal, I wouldn't be in that situation. And then also the other thing, Joey, that I'm starting to kind of notice is having a ball that's drilled a little bit lower pin, we're talking now, a little bit lower and not such an aggressive ball too. It can be a, a milder hooking ball, that, that's going to give you more that 
that uh, that even rolling down the lane, correct? Yes, and and again, if we take you know two aggressive hooking balls, let's use the 900 Global Bounty Hunter, strong ball, uh, dull surface. Uh, you could have two set up, one with a higher pin, one with a lower pin, and, and the higher pin will be closer to your, your valve, your vertical axis angle, or axis, vertical axis line, and the lower pin will be further from that. The lower pin can have more length than the higher pin, and it will basically just respond to friction more slowly and have a more gradual but a longer hook zone. See, high pins do not necessarily go longer even though they can hook sharper, they don't always go longer. They can actually hook up sooner because they respond to friction more quickly. So if you set up a, a strong hooking ball uh, with two different layouts, you know, you have two of them, and then you do two middle balls, and the high road's great middle choice, uh, one pin above, one pin below. And then a dry lane ball, you may only need one dry lane ball because most players on drier lanes that don't hook the ball a great deal don't have much trouble on dry. So you set up one, and you could go even with your ring finger or right in the ring finger, and, and there's your five-ball arsenal. You know, two balls for heavy oil, two balls for medium, one ball for the extreme dry, but you have enough different shapes of hook in your bag. You're going to have different angles of attack for when you're playing a deeper inside angle or when you're forced to play more to the right toward the gutter. Again, you're listening to the Above180.com podcast. Joy Sarar and Tim Berg here. If you have a question or comment for us, please drop us an email at Above180 at gmail.com. That's Above180 at gmail.com. Also on Twitter, you can follow us. It's Above180 on Twitter as well. Joey, so right now, last week we talked in the podcast for the the average bowler, so to speak. We're, let's just use that term right now. The That person probably would not need a spare ball. But I'm guessing if you go out to the PBA patterns, you bowl the regionals, whether you're bowling on flatter patterns, probably not a bad idea to add a white dot or a spare ball to your arsenal, correct? Uh, without a doubt, Tim, you are going to want and need a spare ball. And uh, there's a few benefits to using a spare ball. Uh, one being every time you use that spare ball, that's one less shot you're throwing your strike ball down the lane. So less likelihood for damage to that ball or oil absorption. And there are times that you and I are, or all of us are throwing a lot of spares. Uh, second reason is it takes the lane condition out of play to a certain extent. So no matter if the lanes are oily or wet, dry or flat or reverse block, a straight ball should go reasonably straight toward our, toward our target line, thus making spare adjusting more consistent from pattern to pattern to pattern. Joey, great point there. The one thing that I still amazes me when I'm out bowling league play on my sport pattern is you see people try hooking it in kind of that track zone or kind of that area for their four pins and for their seven pins and they miss it. They miss it to the right or they miss two, they miss their target two to the left and the ball just sails into the, the left gutter. How many pins people give away by not having a spare ball or sometimes it's just thinking, oh, I can just, you know, they get up out of frustration and throw their, their normal shot and I really do think that separates you and that probably costs people cuts these days if you don't have a spare ball. Well, without a doubt, Tim, and, and, you know, pros do this for a living, then they're not doing it recreationally as we are, and uh, they all use spare balls, let, let's say, oh, I shouldn't say all, but let, let's say a good 90% do, unless you are an extremely gifted athlete with release variances, such as Norm Duke or Walter Ray, but Walter Ray uses a spare ball, too. As straight as he goes, he still finds a spare ball is beneficial. 
Uh, Norm Duke is just the one prime example that comes to mind uh, for a quality player, a top 20 player that does not find the need for a spare ball. It's of your thought that they could probably get away with five five main balls, let's say, and then one spare ball. So now they go to this tournament. It's a PBA tournament, let's say, a PBA regional. Which ball should they throw first, and, and tell me why? Well, you know, naturally on, in your practice session, you'll have the luxury of throwing for a good 10, 15 minutes a lot of tournaments. So you'll be able to kind of wheeze through all your balls and kind of see – how they play from different angles on the lane, but any of us who bowled regionals know practice sessions sometimes aren't the same as what we're going to see in tournament play. Uh, but normally you're going to start with your, your middle ball and kind of get a, an assessment of the lane pattern. If it's too oily for the middle ball, you know you can go to one of your more aggressive pieces. But the beauty of these balls, Tim, if, say, you go there with five balls and a spare ball, any one of those five balls can be changed surface-wise and you can change the reaction a multiple of ways. Uh, if you take a 4,000 grit, say, uh, storm invasion and sand it down to a 1,000 grit with an Aberlon pad, uh, that same ball for most players will hook about a foot to a foot and a half sooner and about four to six boards stronger at 1,000 grit than it will at 4,000 grit. So there's times you can simply change your existing arsenal and 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 double it basically depending if you polish or further sand a shell down to 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 meet whatever pattern you're bowling on. Well exactly and that's also where it's a good idea to take a look at the pattern obviously like you said you have the practice pattern uh, the practice session rather but you also want to take a look at that graph and also I think this is one thing that kind of gets lost and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this Joey is when you go into these PBA regional tournaments the, you, you look at the pattern, but you don't always look at the surface you're bowling on or look at how worn the surface is that you're bowling on even. I think sometimes that makes a huge difference as opposed to knowing whether you're bowling on Viper or Shark or Cheetah. Right, and the importance of looking at the pattern, Tim, is you know what PBA golfer would go to a tournament and not look at the scorecard to see the general layout of the course. Uh, by looking at the pattern, we can see the side-to-side ratio, the volume of oil, the length of oil, and then by taking into consideration the surface of the lane, uh, a wood surface lane or a guardian finish, uh, those are both softer surfaces. The ball will read the pattern sooner than it will on, say, a Brunswick Anvil Lane or an AMF HPL or SPL synthetic, which is more of a almost like a Formica hardness surface. And, and again, the ball will play much differently on synthetic than it will on wood. One of the things that I guess was amazing to me was when I heard that Parker Bowen III will go in every tournament that he bowls, every pro tournament, he has a notebook and he writes down from that house, from the specific house, and each pair, breaking it down even further, to each pair on that house. So he has in, in this notebook that when bowling at Lava Lanes, lanes 15 and 16, 15 hooks more than 16 does, for instance. And I think that is something that league bowlers need to definitely take note of if you're on the high end, the low end, or when, you, when you're going to these PBA tournaments, maybe making a, a note. And, and I think sometimes we all say, well, I'm going to make a mental note of that. And a lot of times you forget it because you got so much stuff going on. But I think writing stuff down like that is, is key to helping us become better bowlers. Well, knowledge is key, Tim. And uh, I mean, I bowl in a house that three years ago did a brand new installation of lanes. Uh, They went with AMF SPLs, a beautiful synthetic surface. And the lanes played 
pretty much identically across the house. Three years later, they do not. Now, the lane surface is still in good condition, but uh, 9 and 10, a prime example, uh, right in the middle of the house, it's a 20-lane house, 9 characteristically hooks 3 to 5 boards stronger than lane 10. Now, if we know the lane surface is the same and we know the oil pattern is the same, the only thing left is the topography of the lane. So that tells us, and I learned this down at the Kegel Training Institute, uh, lanes can go out of level or they can be tilted slightly. So if lane 9 is tilted for a right-handed bowler slightly downhill, and, and we're talking thousandths of an inch, the ball will obviously hook more and finish stronger. Whereas on the right lane, which is hooking less for a right-handed bowler, that lane could be tilted slightly uphill at the end of the pattern. So the ball has to kind of fight its way up a little bit more. So it's going to play oilier. And when the ball hits the pocket on, on a less than ideal release, there's a better chance for deflection, and you're going to see more 10 pins on the right lane. Well, and I'm guessing that's that's exactly what I'm saying, Joey, is to you know that that pair. So when you go in there and you're scheduled, you look and see on the schedule that, oh, I'm bowling on 9 and 10, you automatically know that you're going to be starting out on the left lane five boards left to where you are on the right lane most nights, right? So that's something where you said knowledge is key. And this is all stuff that's very practical that league bowlers, that if you're averaging 180, that that 200 average bowler is paying attention to sometimes and can really help out you to to move up to that average and, and also help help you have, gain the advantage over your, your competition. It's all for the cost of a, of a 59 cent notebook and a, you know, a 50 cent pen and you can keep track of these pairs and, and maybe make a note. Okay, I was on nine and 10. On lane nine, I played here and used this ball. And on lane, not, you know, the opposite lane, I used this ball from this angle. And, and you write down your scores and if you had a good reaction, and if you did, if if you crushed the pair and shot seven fifty, uh, you know obviously you throw the ball well some nights and not others, but at least you have a, an idea of where you can play or or what balls matched up great on that pair. Well, Joey, that's going to have to do it for this edition of the Above One Eighty dot com podcast. It was very insightful. I hope. We've helped that bowler to build the proper arsenal, whether if you want to listen to last week's podcast, whether you're which category you're in. If you're the competitive bowler who's going to the maybe going to try some regionals this this fall, or you're the bowler who's hoping to just do well at nationals and maybe maybe break 1,800 for the first time or 1,900, whatever your goal is. We hope we've been able to help you to build that proper arsenal. Uh, Joey, like I said, it was a great show, always informative, and we'll talk again next week. And hopefully we both can improve on our league play a little bit so uh, no people don't necessarily uh, live and die by how we bowl but it is good to share some good news with our listeners well without a doubt tim and and i encourage the listeners to to write in their questions so so we can answer them and obvious if we don't have the answer i have enough contacts in this industry to contact people who will know the correct answer Uh, also if you're interested in what say dual angle layout could be good for your game all you have to do is send me your ball speed on the monitor, uh, your rev rate, your axis tilt, and your axis rotation, and I can coordinate those numbers and, and give you what a sweet spot can be for your game to, to help match up best. The email to reach either myself or Joey is above180 at gmail.com. That's above180 
at gmail.com. We'll do our best to get back to you as quickly as possible. Also, follow us on Twitter at Above180 as we check that frequently. And also, we'll reply and interact with you on Twitter should you have a concern during the week. Until next week, good luck and good bowling to everyone.